This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Welcome back. We're continuing the marathon today. And just a reminder, we're going to be on again tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern. So we'll be on tonight, Lou Young, and then the Demon Hotline. I'm excited to be here with Pastor John Terrell coming to you from Sacramento, California. Website, eaec.org. Brother John, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, I will. Heavenly Father, Thank you for today. Thank you, Father God, that I'm alive on this earth. Thank you, Father God, for being on Omega Man Radio again. And I just ask you right now, Lord, that this will be a great anointing, not only on me, Lord, but on every person listening to my teaching today, Father God, that you laid upon my heart. And I thank you now there should be no problems with our equipment sky high or anything else lord we shall have a perfect program here lord in jesus name amen i'm working have been working here on uh, in a right up here it's actually it's in a chapter in my book christian dynamics number four and uh, the topic has been turning god and turn off the devil. And my subject today, this is part number 14 that I've done under this uh, chapter. And I want to talk to you about false doctrine and seduction. And as I was sitting here and waiting for Shannon to contact me, I was thinking about someday I'm going to make my last program 
or Mega Man someday. I'm going to preach my last sermon on a webcast. Someday, life will come to an end for all of us. It's just a matter of time. And so, what kind of legacy do we want to leave behind? What kind, what kind of impact have we done? And I thought about that. And so, I really want today to bring out the danger of heresy and false doctrine. I'm going to start off by um, reading from the, the Bible here. We're going to read from um, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 9. So this is what Paul wrote. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but every some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. In other words, Paul spoke here, a curse, let that person be cursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you received, let him be accursed. The Apostle John wrote this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 through 19. Little children, it is the last time. And as you've heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist. Whereby we know that this is the last time they went out from us, but they were not out of us. For had it been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest. They were not all of us. I'm going to be talking about primarily two men today. Uh, both of them uh, were Christian leaders. One was a, well, both of them were pastors. And so what I want you to understand is this. The two men that I'm going to be discussing here today were, one was extremely well known. He was nationally well known. The other guy was a pastor a Baptist pastor in the South. He was well known in his area, but not nationally. Both men were taken out. The pastor was taken out by pornography. And the other pastor, the, the national pastor, he simply was seduced by demonic forces. If you can take a person 
that is well known nationally. And um, he's been saved, raised in the church, baptized in the Holy Spirit, manifesting the gifts when his preaching, praying for the sick and so on. If that man could be deceived to walk away from Christ, how about you and I that are small potatoes? We're not well known. We're just living our lives, active in our neighbor, we live in our cities or countryside or whatever we are. So the question is, how did it happen? How can it happen? And how can we protect ourselves? So, I'm going to start with the first person. And his name is Carlton Pearson. He was a Pentecostal bishop. And he was labeled a heretic by the Christian community. And uh, he is now on death row. Uh, what I mean by that is he has cancer. He is in hospice care in a hospital, hospice care that is on deathbed, death row. And uh, it is a matter of weeks, maybe days, before he passes away. So I got this report about a week ago, so I don't know if he still is alive or not. Now, he's 70 years old. He's battled prostate prostate cancer off and on for years. And from his deathbed, Pearson smiled and told his followers he would see them in heaven. The question is, will he? In the 1980s, Pearson was one of the most recognized preachers in America, raised in the Church of God in Christ, and mentored by evangelist Earl Roberts. Pearson established his Higher Dimension Christian Center near Earl Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pearson's popular Azusa Conference attracted thousands of Tulsa every year, and the church grew to 5,000 members. Now, Satan is working overtime to permeate society with deception of the occult, new age, and witchcraft. We'll answer timeless questions about humanity's spiritual nature. But Satan is also a corrupter, a mimic of what God created. And this is especially true when it comes to ways to commune and worship that which is spiritual. Carlton Pearson, the Pentecostal, let me get that down here now. In the 1980s, Pearson was at the height of his ministry. 
But one day, a bizarre message appeared on the marquee in front of the higher dimension sanctuary on South Memorial Drive in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was a sign, this was a huge sign put up on the church building. The sign said, Jesus is the way, comma, he is not just the only way. Now, for a pastor to put up a sign like this, it means that something has happened inside of him. Because the Bible clearly says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but through me. That's clearly Jesus stated that in the Bible. For Carlton Pearson to say, Jesus is the way, comma, he's not just the only way. That was one of the most obvious signals that Pearson had begun to move away from biblical faith. Decades before anyone would talk about Christian deconstruction, Pearson began dismantling his beliefs, adopting instead what he called the gospel of inclusion. The Pentecostal bishop became a universalist, and he announced that all people, whether Muslim or Hindu, Christian or non-Christian, repentant or unrepentant, would go to heaven. You might say that that's the most fascinating statement I ever heard. I mean, you know, that flies against everything that the Bible teaches. Once you're in, what do you call it, you have been seduced by spirits. And once you're biting into false doctrine... The barn door is open, so to say, and nothing is sacred anymore. If this is true, and I say it is not true, but if it was true that Muslims, Hindu, Christian, non-Christian, repentant or unrepentant would go to heaven, then Jesus died for nothing on the cross. If everybody's going to go to heaven, regardless what you do or not do, then Jesus, the Son of God, wasted his time on this earth by teaching us what we have in the Gospels and the New Testament, dying on the cross, a cruel death for his body, Paying for our sins, being resurrected, for what? According to Carlton Pearson, there was no need for Jesus to die because everybody is going to heaven. The bolder the lie, the more people believe it. Pearson also began teaching 
that the Bible wasn't inspired by God. And he claimed it was mistranslated and full of errors. I would say this at the same demonic powers that got to Pearson were working in Joseph Smith and um, the guy Russell that started Jehovah's Witnesses and of course Joseph Smith he was the founder of the Mormon Church because that's what they all say you know the Bible is not quite translated right but we they said we have Muhammad said I have the truth Joseph Smith said, I have the truth. And Carlton Pearson said, I have the truth. So, let me just continue this report here. I won't get into a great detail, but I'm just saying that which we revere as the most sacred lexicon of truth on the planet is not necessarily of, and any true scholar would tell you, infallible or in, in, inerrant, Carlson said. But in other words, here's what he, what he was teaching. I won't get into great detail, but I'm just saying that which we revere as the most sacred lexicon of truth. He's called in the Bible now a lexicon. It's not necessarily true. And any true scholar would tell you it is not infallible or inerrant. Pearson said this, I am saying what we were taught was wrong. We've been sold a bill of goods. I am assaulting a 1,500 years of tradition. Now, Pearson, simply now, proclaimed himself, this is this was what he spoke now in the 80s. He simply proclaimed this, I know better than anyone else. I know. Does that sound like the devil? I will exalt my throne above God. I will be like the most high God. I feel this is Satan speaking through Pearson. Where he simply said, you know, uh, the Bible is not true. And everything Pearson said, but I have been preaching, and everything what I heard in churches is false. I now have got the real truth. And the real truth that he got was from Lucifer. Pearson said the Bible was not inspired by God. It was mistranslated and full of errors. That's what you hear from Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what you hear from Mormons. Some secularists applauded Pearson because they viewed his outlandish statement as bravery. But members of his Bible-believing church left in droves and the higher dimension facility ended up in foreclosure. 
or Robertson refused to allow Pearson to host his Azusa conference on the ORU campus, maybe Sunday. After the joint college of African-American Pentecostal bishops, Congress labeled Pearson a heretic in 2004. He doubled down on his deception and he now joined the Unitarians and the Unitarians did not believe in anything. He publicly denied the existence of hell. Now, it's getting, once you get into this, it's getting worse. Pearson said, no, there is no hell, declaring that God, that a God of love, would never sentence unbelievers to eternal damnation. I have people that are left our ministry because I have been preaching on there is a hell. I've been preaching on the great white throne judgment. I've been preaching about the lake of fire. I've been preaching about or teaching that if you are not saved and you die, you end up in hell later after the great battle judgment, you end up in the lake of fire, which is forever. It is that torment never stops. And I have people that have been dear to me. They were doing fine, supported ministry strongly. And they said, I can't accept that. You can't say that. I said, well, that's what the Bible says. You can't say that. I can't handle it. I said, well, I'm sorry. That's what the Bible says. I'm out of here. They simply left the ministry and said, I'm out of here. I can't take it. There is so much misunderstanding and false teaching out there, and everyone tries to have his own theology instead of lining it up with the Bible. Now, and before long, secular reporters were calling on Pearson every time they needed a non-believing liberal to make a social commentary. Now, isn't that nice? Pearson now became the darling of the left-wingers in this country, the secular people, the ones that deny God and uh, every one of them they simply would go to Pearson and say what do you think about this statement from the Bible that this preacher said or this preacher said and so on and he became a spokesman for the people that hated God now When Pearson's critics argued that Jesus often preached about the reality of hell, the Bible clearly states that God judged the wicked. He said the scriptures are themselves flawed. With other words, you couldn't argue with him. Because if you came up and said, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, he said, wrong translated. 
It's not in the Bible. It's flawed. It's not there. Exactly the same argument you get from Mormons, from Jehovah's Witnesses. Bible is wrongly translated. It doesn't say that. The Mormons say we got the Book of Mormon. We got the other books that we have. The Jehovah's Witnesses says, you know, well, we got our own New World translation that they translated to fit their doctrine. So, the Bible done is discredited. So I learned this. You can't argue with a Mormon. It's impossible. You can't argue with a Jehovah's Witness. They shoot you down by simply saying, I don't believe the Bible is correct here. I believe the Bible is wrongly translated. Well, how do you argue with them? It's a lost cause. Every Mormon, every Jehovah's Witness is demon-possessed to the max. They might not be bad people. And what I mean with this, that is not, probably most of them might not be into pornography. They don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't chew, they don't chase, they don't drink coffee. Mormon doesn't drink coffee or Coke. So they're good people in this way. They're family oriented, they believe in the family. And um, they also believe in genealogy. They're good people. But they reject the Bible. They reject Jesus Christ. And they are lost. They're very dogmatic. Now, I really want you to think about this. How in the world can you have a person like Carlton Pearson, he's accepting Christ in his early life, he's raised in a church, church of God in Christ, he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, he has a gift of the Holy Spirit, for years he was preaching great people got saved under his ministry they got healed under his ministry demons were cast out under his ministry how in the world could Satan capture such a man and flip him totally around this shows Satan's power and this shows that unless you and I are anchored not only in the Bible not only in the Holy Spirit but that we simply are praying on a daily basis God please protect me from false doctrine.
there's a lot of false doctrine out there, not, not just as bad as this guy. There's all kind of different doctrines out there that people have pet doctrines. And so you got to come to the place where you simply say, as far as the Bible goes, as it is in a King James Version in English, that is set in a rock. That is correct translated from Hebrew and Greek. That's what we have in the English language. It cannot be subtracted from. It cannot be added on to. And we simply got to take it as is. No changes. Whatever it says, that's the way it is. People that also are messing with the Bible are not necessarily evil people. You take Baptist people, Baptist preachers, professors, and Bible teachers and so on. They will teach that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that was only for the apostolic church. It is not for today. They are just as bad as Carlton Pearson because they are altering the word of God. They are simply saying, well, that's the way it was, but that's not the way it is now. And they totally negate, in Hebrews 38, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. No change. The gospel, as we have it in the four gospels, the book of Acts, and the writings in the New Testament, it was good 2,000 years ago. It is just as good today, and it will be just as good until the day that Jesus comes back and sets up his 1,000-year kingdom. This is the only way that you can actually protect yourself. The moment someone says, well, how do you know that is correctly translated? Now a demon is talking to you. A demon is speaking to you. And he's trying to put a doubt in your mind, in your spirit. Is the Bible really true? Let me read to you right now from the Gospel of Matthew. And this is Matthew chapter 5. And again, I am a Bible thumper. If I read it in the Bible, that's good enough for me. That's exactly what it means. I only use a King James Bible. I 
learn a little bit Greek, a little bit Hebrew, but obviously a seminar, but not enough that I can really do anything with it. So I'm staying in English, King James. Here's what Jesus said. Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. What did Jesus mean by the law? He meant the five books of Moses. That was a law. The five books of Moses was called the law by the Jews or the Hebrews. Think not I'm come to destroy the five books of Moses or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot and one tittle shall not no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. A lot of you don't know what a dot, jot, or a tittle is, so it doesn't mean anything to you. But Hebrew, the written Hebrew, do not write out the vowels. They have the consonants. So, for example, if I was at BLVD, uh, you would know it said Boulevard. Or if I would say DR, you would say Drive. So in Hebrew, when they write it, they only write down the consonants. For, for vowels and pronunciations, they have jots and tittles. It looks like chicken scratch. And they simply indicate what the vowel is. So when the, when the, when the person reads Hebrew, he has to know the jots and the tittles in order for him to understand the text. So the jots and the tittles were the smallest writings or actually markings in the Hebrew language still today. So Jesus said not only the consonants, but the smallest one, what I call the chicken scratch, that shall not go by. It shall stand until the end of times. And then Jesus said this, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he should be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. There's a false teaching out that I would say most modern Christians today says, well, I'm a, I'm a New Testament Christian. Uh, you know, the Old Testament is past, you know, Jesus came, died on the cross, rose on the third day, and so on, and we got a new covenant. We don't worry about the Old Testament. We don't worry about what God said there. It doesn't apply to us. Well, Jesus simply said here that what he, what he gave to Moses, what the prophets received from God, still stands today. 
So when someone came up and told me that, here's what I asked them. Okay, this is what you believe. You believe that the Old Testament is void out. We saved by grace. That's true. We are saved by grace, not by works. We repent of our sins. We ask God for forgiveness. We ask Jesus to come into our life and save us. And that saves us. We are saved by grace. But that doesn't mean that the Ten Commandments are not valid for today. Jesus died for pay for our sins. But Jesus did not do away with the commandments that he had in the Old Testament. So some simply says, well, I'm saved by grace. Yes, you are. But that doesn't mean that you can simply say that the Ten Commandments is something that you can simply say, but I don't believe that anymore, Old Testament. Jesus is the one that gave the Ten Commandments. So I tell people this when they tell me that. I said, here's the deal. If this is true, I'm going to put a gun out right now. I'm going to point it at your head. And I'm going to tell you, give me your car key. I want your car. And the person says, well, you're not supposed to steal. I said, where do you get that idea from? Uh, well, the Bible says, you know, we should not steal. That's Old Testament, man. I'm a New Testament person. I can do what I want to do. Just fork over your key. I'm going to take the car right now. Well, that person's not going to be too happy. Because he says, well, we still shouldn't steal. And, uh, or let's say, for example, uh, you have, uh, I woke up to a, uh, a married couple. And I'm just making this story up. No, I've never done that. And I never will. But I walk up to a married couple. I got in my hand. And I tell the guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have sex with your wife. And he says, well, the Bible says we should not commit adultery. I said, where, where do you read that? Well, isn't that part of the Ten Commandments? I said, that's Old Testament, man. We don't believe that today. We are New Testament people. Just get lost, get out, lock the door from the outside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have sex with your wife. And after that, I'm done. You can come back home again. That's not going to go over too well. So what I'm saying is this. We are schizophrenic. With other words, there are certain things, oh yeah, no, I can't do that, I can't do that. But why not? Right? It's in the Old Testament. Uh, I thought you said you didn't believe in the Old Testament. And then people are in total confusion. What did Jesus fulfill? He fulfilled the sacrificial laws. We don't sacrifice anymore. Jesus became the final sacrifice. So there's no more sacrifices. But the Torah stands and the hygienic laws, the practical law stands because the Ten Commandments have nothing to do with salvation. The hygienic laws, the practical law, had nothing to do with salvation. They were given 
for hygiene so that people would live a moral life and have laws and regulation. We are highly regulated today. We have, if you drive my car, there are traffic laws. Traffic laws are not given to make me feel bad. Traffic laws are there so that when we drive on the roads, we don't collide with one another. We stop at red red lights. We stop at stop signs. We give right away. And the reason for that is, is not that that people says, well, I don't want to be under the law. I want to be free. I want to do whatever I want to do. Well, you do that, we're going to kill each other on the highways. We got to have regulations. We got to have the only reason that you can have a business or that you can have a job is that there are laws governing businesses, property rights, and so on. I can I have property. I'm the manager of the property. God owns it. But I can have that because there are laws simply saying this, that property owners, if you have a deed to it, and, and no one can come in and say, well, I'm going to take this from you because I got the deed. So in other words, laws are for our good. If we have no laws, we will not be able to drive. There will be no, you could not hold property. You could not hold a job. You could not have a bank account. You could have nothing because in order for everything to work, we have to have law and order. So anyway, having said that, I'm going to read verse number 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, Carlton Pearson simply said, you know, what I just read is not right translate. It's not in the Bible. Somebody, some joker put that in. So I don't believe that. So, it's the Bible now is crucial. If we have if the United States would not have a constitution, we would have chaos. It would be each man for himself. We have to have laws to regulate our lives on this earth. The laws do not save us, but they help us to live without killing one another. Going back to Pearson now. He said this, the average person, even preachers, that you approach and ask, where do we get the Bible? Most of them I can tell you, Pearson said. Here's what he said. Men sat around tables in rooms for weeks, drinking wine, eating and taking breaks, fussing and sometimes cussing, arguing over what will be in the Bible and what would not. How do you like those apples? 
the apostles. And we have Matthew, John, Paul. They were sitting around drinking wine, getting drunk, arguing, cussing. What does you write down and say this is scripture? If you have that understanding, if, if, if the devil has got to that place where you believe that, you are beyond redemption. So, now, Periton is battling cancer. He's in hospice care. It's just a matter of time. He may short time. <clears throat> he might already be dead when I'm doing this program. But, what about his legacy? His written stuff. He had people believe this. This guy has totally, absolutely destroyed the Bible. Now, is he going to heaven? And I'll tell you what. According to the Bible, he is not. This man that once was saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, is now unsaved. No Holy Spirit. He now has unholy spirit in him. He's going to hell when he dies, and later like a fire. How do I know that? The Bible says so. Let me take it to Revelation, chapter 22. And we're going to read verses 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. You start taking away things out of the Bible, and God is going to take your name out of the book of life. That's the bottom line. That's what the Bible says. I believe it. It is settled in my heart. And I'd rather speak that and teach that than to say, oh, well, God will understand. You know, God is love and so on. You're going to make it. No, you're not. If you get messed with that, you need to repent faster than you can drop out. Now, Pearson lost his credentials with the Church of God. He was called a heretic and so on. But he has done an enormous amount of damage. And he will be one. He is. He will be held accountable, just as bad as Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, 
Russell, the start of the Jehovah's Witnesses and all others. So, I wanted to <coughs> share that with you. So that means, are you safe? And the answer is, as long as you hang on to your Bible. And you cannot do that in the flesh. You have to pray. You have to ask God to give you the strength, the power to hang on to the Bible. God is the one that will hold you. But we have a free will. When I was in seminar, they introduced the living Bible. We had the uh, um, different Bibles, and they said, well, you got the Amplified Bible and so on. And, and in the beginning, I was using these different Bibles, and then God convicted me and said, no, th th these are concept translations. These are not done word by word. So I made a choice. I made a choice. I'm going to be a King James Bible preacher. That's what I'm going to be. I had, I made a choice. Each one of us must make choices. We have a free will. I have made a choice to believe that the Bible is found in the King James Version is the true Bible. Whatever I read in there, that's law for me. If the Bible said that, that's it. There's no discussion. There's no ifs or buts. That's the way it is. That's how you protect yourself. Let me quickly talk about the second man I was going to talk about. Well, he was known as uh, Booba Copeland. Not Kenneth Copeland. This is a different Copeland. He was elected mayor of Smith Station in a town in Lee County, Alabama. And um, Copeland was also pastor of First Baptist Church in Phoenix City, which is in the same area there. So here's a man now. He was a mayor. He was elected mayor. He was also the pastor of First Baptist Church in his city. And um, he was known as Booba. They didn't call him pastor. They called him Booba. The town had 6,756 people. He was very popular and respected and beloved. He really was accepted. People said, you know, this is great. We got a pastor here in First Baptist Church. He's also the mayor. Can't be in a battle on that, right? Wrong. November 3rd, this month, he committed suicide. Why? Well, a magazine had found out that he was a transvestite. Now, his wife knew about it. 
she was kind of part of it. And he would dress up at home as a woman, put on lingerie. He was stupid enough to go on social media under a different name and show him strutting around in front of the camera, shaking his butt and all other kind of different things that he put on. And uh, that's that was his secret life. Now, somebody found him on social media. I don't know if it was Facebook or if it was TikTok or whatever it was, but some sort of media. And uh, they tracked him down. Oh, man, this dude here is a pastor of First Baptist Church. And he's also the mayor of this city. Wowee, let's expose that rascal. And so they exposed it. The town paper picked it up and did an article on it showing a picture of Booba shaking and rock and rolling his stuff as a transvestite. The moment the paper came out, he was out with one of his police officers, and uh, he just stopped the car, got out, pulled up his gun, and blew his brain out. What? That's a tragedy. And so now the question comes. How can a man, he's married, has children, He's a pastor of First Baptist Church. He's been elected mayor of the town. Everybody thinks he's very good. He's, and he's well liked in town. Everybody liked Booba. You want something done? Go and ask Booba. He will help you out. And how did the devil get to him? He got to him. Just like he got to Carlton Pearson. Very suddenly. Sinful nature. And I'm sure as a a mayor and head of the police department, uh, they had confiscated stuff and so on, the child pornography. And it's enough if you see it one time. It, It hooks you. When you look upon one of these pictures... Demons are standing next to you and saying, how do you like that, boy? And he says, well, and then you begin to fantasize that the demon said, he's inside of you. That quick. Now, before you know it, suddenly you have an addiction. You got to have more and more. And now you live a double life. And you cannot live that double life. Sooner or later, you will be exposed. So, two men, two men blew it on this earth. So, let me go back again and read this. I'm going to read to you from First John 2, 18 and 19. Little children, 
it is the last time. And you've heard that Antichrist will come, even now are there many Antichrist. Wherever we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they went out of us. For if they've been with us, they will no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that they might not be all of us. Can you repent? I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking today to people that you have been hooked on pornography. There are people of you that have done fornication and adultery. Uh, there are things that you've done. You're not sure about this or that. And you're living a double life. That's the bottom line. And sooner or later, you will be exposed. The Holy Spirit will expose you. And uh, you will be hung out. People will know who you really are. But there's a chance if you repent. You see, on advertisement on television, we have advertised about detergents and cleaning agents, and uh, they have the finest cleaning agent and this detergent, thank you, all these spots and so on. But there is a cleaning agent in this world that is guaranteed if you are black, like black sin, you can be washed clean. <coughs> the cleaning agent is called the blood of Jesus. <coughs> I'm going to read to you right now from First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. If you say, <coughs> I'm going to start with number 5. This then is a message we've heard of him and declared to you. That God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie unto the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He in the light, we fellowship one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right now the Holy Spirit is around you. <coughs> He's convicting you that you have a problem. He's simply saying this, God will forgive you. But you got to confess it. You got to repent. So right now, why don't you simply say, "God, forgive me for what I've done, whatever it is. I'm sorry. I repent of it. I renounce that practice in the name of Jesus. Jesus, wash me in Your blood right now." Take away my sin and make me clean. And Jesus will. You might not even be saved. You've been listening to this by chance. 
And you need to say, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I want to be saved. I believe in Jesus. He died on the cross, rose on the third day. And through his death and resurrection, I can be saved. And Jesus, come on in and save me right now. Save me. And he will. Here's what I'm offering you. If you've been in bondage, if it had been alcohol, drugs, pornography, kinky sex, fornication, adultery, whatever you've been involved in, it's hard to break it yourself. It's very difficult. So you prayed, you're forgiven, but you need to have somebody talk with you, to hold you accountable, to share with you, to walk you through, give you more scriptures and so on. So, if I spoke to you today and you said, you really spoke to me today, go to our website, eaec.org. That's European American Event Crusades, eaec.org. And you can write an email to us or you can, you have a phone, you can pick up a phone. If you call us right now, there'll be someone there that would talk to you, talk to you right away. And can pray with you and start ministering to you. So, don't walk away and say, well, I handle this myself. There are things we cannot handle ourselves. We need help. And by going to someone, you break the spell and you can get the help. So, contact us. We're not going to out you. I'm not going to put your name on and say, well, so-and-so called us. He did this and this and that. I'm not going to do that. No one would know that you contacted us. So go to our website, eaec.org, and there's a contact form you can write, or if you want immediately to call, you can call that number. It's staffed right now, and that call will be taken, and you will be prayed for, and you'll be ministered to. I want to close by saying this now. Shannon Davis is struggling with finances, and uh, it is not his fault. It is simple this, that when you're in the ministry, the devil will fight you, and he will try to stop you there, everything he can do. He's going to take December off. He's going to do an evaluation. He's going to be praying. If he's going to continue with Omega Man or not, and um, or if he has to go back and do some work, whatever it is, to get some income. Because people are not supporting him the way they should. There are a lot of people listening to him. You are listening to him. But you never gave a dime to him. So he's down to the wire. And if you don't lift a finger, you actually be part of taking him out. So if you really love Omega Man Radio, you're listening for a long time, but you're never given anything. Why don't you step up to the plate today? Go to his website and uh, simply find his donation button and put in the biggest donation you can afford. And say, Shannon, thank you for being there. I wanted to keep being here. And I'm going to not only give you today, but I'm going to support you on a monthly basis from here on. If you do that, we will still have Omega Man in January 24. If not, Omega Man will be history. So with that, back to you, Shannon. Brother John, you brought a great message today it's a sobering message 
And um, there's many more that we could have mentioned by name that we've seen. Um, even in recent years, falling away, uh, walking away from the faith, saying they're no longer a Christian. Um, whether it be praise team, leaders, worship leaders. We see the falls of some of these big churches like Hillsong. I mean, American group, Australian headquarters. We can go back in history and look at uh, one televangelist after a next who's fallen, and I've got a couple right now. I'm not going to mention name, but they're in the midst of a fall if they don't repent in quick. And uh, I grew up in this industry. I mean, it's it's common knowledge if you've listened long enough, Brother John, the people out there that uh, both my grandfathers were pastors, not only them, but a great uncle. I grew up in the church. My first memory on planet Earth, age two, playing in a parsonage. So I've been in the church. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, used to clean the church. Used to be the sound man for my grandfather one time. Uh, I know the church well. Mainstream Pentecostal church, Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. Out of it, uh, many televangelists that are up on air right now. But not only that, but I was raised in religious media. In the uh, mid-70s, my father worked... Um, as a sales manager for Pat Robertson down at the Virginia Beach headquarters. He was a general manager there at their local uh, TV station. Then he took a job and moved us to um, South Bend, Indiana in in 78. And um, he was uh, vice president, general manager of uh, Lester Summerall Church, one of the greats in the ministry. I remember going out to eat with Brother Summerall. I was about seven years old. Um, Dad at one time handled the ministry of Jimmy Swaggart. Um, bought a lot of his time. Dad went home to be with Jesus in 2007. Got in with the smell of smoke because he was seduced by money. As many of these people are seduced by money. And thank God my father repented, but when he died, he had the world's largest religious media agency. It's called Affiliated Media Group. They had 130 ministries. They would be responsible for buying airtime for the TV ministries that you see on TV. Uh, he was agency of record for Joel Osteen, Creflo Dollar, one of the largest humanitarian Christian organizations in America, Feed the Children. He bought time, uh, good till time, for Benny Hinn, T.D. Jakes, I don't, can't even name all the ministries. There were so many of them. Uh, some ministries good and some not so good. And so when I uh, pipe in and give my opinion, it's it's someone who was uh, has been in the ministry, uh, ministry side, and also raised the ministry, but also the the television advertising side. And I'm ashamed at what we see out there. Whether it be the heads of some of the big uh, Christian networks that uh, came out, they had been in, in adultery. Major ministries caught with prostitutes. Uh, some that were found to be gay. Some right now have been married four times. 
and probably were committing adultery when they met their fourth husband. And this is a, it's a blight on Christianity. And we've got people on the outside looking and saying, I don't want to be a Christian. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They're doing what they say is, is sin. They're caught in the act. Rob Bell wrote a book. I didn't know him, but uh, Love Wins. I just looked him up. He married another man, gay man. Joshua Harris walked away from the faith. Very sad. What the hell is going on here? And I've tried to figure out, is there a common denominator? I think in most cases, common denominator is people don't do deliverance ministry. So the very thing that they needed help from, well, those demons are immune because they'll never look at the possibility. they got some insight needs to come out because so many churches preach a Christian can't have a demon. Well, we... I will tell you this, anybody that says that doesn't do deliverance. Because once you do a few deliverances, you're going to find out everybody's got demons. Or has the capacity to have them. Good news is we can be set free in Jesus' name. I think uh, with many of these ministries, they don't do deliverance. Now I think Carlton Pearson did do deliverance. From what I can tell, so I'm thinking, that sure is strange. What happened to him? And uh, I haven't researched it enough, but here's the other thing. Uh, you brought out in this message tonight many of these ministries have departed from God's word the King James Bible in the English language and I wish I could tell you that there are other great translations out there but when you do the research that I've done and many have already done you're going to find out that 70 years ago the devil came in through Horton Westcott one of these guys was an occultist and he would go into a church at night and talk, commune with the dead saints. He was communing with demons. And they were part of the ghostly guild. And these guys were semi-agnostics uh, in their own writings. And they put together the critical text, not based on any majority of text, but about 45 fragments. And they uh, brought in corrupted codexes out of the Catholic Church, which is at the root of much of this diabolical stuff going on. To the point that I think I just read today, the Pope is uh, pretty close to announcing he's uh, he approves of gay marriage. Even Catholics are are uh, baptizing transvestites uh, trans- now. If you are a transgender, they would baptize you in the Catholic Church. I think a, a bishop over in Tyler, Texas, or somewhere in Texas, just got fired, relieved yeah, of his duties because he was speaking out against the Pope. As many are, they're saying, you know, you're destroying our church. But uh, before I get off on a tangent, basically what I wanted to say is uh, they use corrupted Catholic codexes, the Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, instead of the Antioch, the received text, the Texas Receptus. And they brought in corrupted word, and everybody thought this was the greatest thing since white bread, and began to despise the King James Bible and the text that uh, came up to it. And when you begin to change God's word and you begin to despise it, you're compromised. When you begin to pervert the truth, sexual perversion is not far behind him, nor is heresy and falling away. I'd be curious to find out even what uh, Bible Carlton Pearson was preaching out of at the end when he made his change. Something happened to him. And, you know, some of these people may get offended. He claims he was offended watching 
some of the genocide going on in Rwanda. I heard another couple. They said, well, we, we were over on a mission trip, and we went to uh, see the uh, Auschwitz, and we said, how could a God do that from then? My husband renounced Christianity. He went and got an earring. And uh, he went off. He's in a rock band, she said, and this lady looked like death warmed over it. I mean, where do you go when you walk away? There were people that were offended with some of the teachings on the blood of Jesus, and they got offended and walked away. And Jesus looked at the disciples and said, Will you too leave me? And they said, Where would we go? Who, who has the truth? You know, the Bible warns about this. There will be a great falling away. And these are some of the more prominent examples when we see a guy like Carlton Pearson. I'm waiting on a text back from my brother because I remember in the early 90s, it was back sometime around the time we had the Oklahoma City bombing. That would put more of a date on it, probably 93, 94. Um, I remember a conversation. I was visiting my dad in Jacksonville when he was in uh, building his media company. They were talking about Carlton Pearson. Uh, being labeled a heretic. And I, I think Dad used to buy time for him before then. And my brother even was involved in helping uh, uh, re-release some of the Azusa tapes. I mean, you know, this guy used to be on fire for God, fire for Jesus. But he fell away. Jesus said there's going to be a great falling away before he returns. These aren't people that have never been saved. These are people that for whatever reason, they get compromised, they get a, a spirit of offense in them, they begin to think that uh, you know there's something better than God's word that's been in use for over 400 years, tested and, tr- and tried and true. It's not being changed. And you know, I just I'm I'm ashamed at the spirit that I even uh, come up against in some people that I know, and they despise the King James Bible. I'm saying, why? You don't know what this. The enemy has been doing to the Catholic Church. They were so angry that they lost control of the Bible that they used to have chained to the lectern. And they used to have a Latin. They didn't want the common man to get it. They've got a history of killing millions and persecuting people like Wycliffe and others that uh, dared buck the system and get a Bible in the hands of the common man. And they wanted you to go to a mass, I think, up until the 60s that was done in Latin. Who, who speaks that dead language? but this dead church, the Catholic church, and then they would interpret for you. And the bottom line is when Protestantism came in and the Catholic church's power grip was challenged and they they lost control of the Bible, they've been working ever since to get it back. And I'm going to tell you something. They were successful in pretty much recapturing the Bible because almost every modern translation, other than the King James, is based on corrupted Horton Westcott critical text yes and I tell you this when you begin to look at this it's shocking I don't hear people talk about it and you know I hear people say well you know the thee and thy and thou and ye well there's a reason those pronouns are in there because in the Hebrew and the Greek you can have a singular plural and if you want to have a proper transmission from the those languages to English you need to know who the audience is you need those special pronouns now, if someone had explained it to me a long time ago, it made sense to me. I didn't learn that till, you know, recent, recent years. But it makes sense now. And I, I treasure the Word of God, a Word that people gave their lives for and were persecuted for by the Catholic Church. And it, it's so shocking that, that people could be duped 
and accept a counterfeit. And it gets worse and worse. You want to see some of the stuff today. They've got one Bible that says uh, somebody else other than David killed Goliath, a guy named Elhanan. I mean, good grief. Um, and they remove and they neuter. And even Cambridge, who was in, invested with the uh, the honor of uh, being the official printer for the the Cambridge King James Bible, they came out with a new Cambridge edition. And there's others that they begin to modify the pronouns and make these things gender neutral. And uh, it's it's just it's it's a slippery slope from there to the point that even the new King James Bible, which we know, even when it was released, had over a hundred thousand changes from the original. The third edition, I think it's the third edition, the, the current one, uh, it, it has come out that they have even departed from the Texas Receptus, the majority text. They are currently using the Vaticanus Sinaiticus, the stuff that came out of the bowels of Rome. And so I can say truly, Catholic Church even got the New King James Bible. And I, I wouldn't read it, irregardless. I stick with what I know is the Word of God. King James will get you to heaven. It's tried and true. And brother, I think when we despise the word and we begin to compromise that, the foundations begin to crack. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? The very foundations of the word of God have been jeopardized. And we got people coming out of these Bible schools, brother John. If we lose the Bible... You, then, then, then you're wide open. Then, then you're going to destruction. We got so professors that, a, oh, in many of these Bible schools. Some of them are atheists. They're New Age. Yeah. They'll say, "Well, King James was gay." There's no proof of that. That's bullcrap. They'll say, "You know, it's compromised." Oh, we've got King a James had nothing. King James had nothing to do with the translation. Absolutely, and he wasn't he gay. It. I mean, that's just that's a lie from the pits of hell. Uh, I mean, there's so much heresy. But I'll tell you what, uh, they're using another text that's not the inspired word of God. It's a counterfeit. And uh, when you accept a counterfeit, uh, your faith is going to be in jeopardy, folks. If you're jumping around to all these virgins, you're not going to know what the truth is. And they're going to pull a a humdinger on you. And you're going to go buy a new copy because your old one's worn out. And they've changed the very text there to stay politically correct. I don't have to worry about that with my King James Bible, 1769 edition. And if you want to read the 1611, that's okay. There's not much difference other than the typeset and you know some mis- you know some spellings of words that had to be updated. Uh, my 1769 is is just is just fine for me. I said all that to say this. I think uh, two things that I've come up with so far is a lack of deliverance. Uh, and uh, number two, they've despised the King James Bible. And, you know, sadly, these Bible pre- professors are training people to hate the King James, and they mock it because of the pronouns. And they say, well, we've got an older manuscript. Older doesn't mean better. Not one bit. It just may mean that nobody used it, and it didn't get worn out. Because if you use something that's going to get worn out, you've got to have later copies. I'm here to tell you, uh, the Church of God is under attack and uh, the very foundations of many of these denominations that used to be all right, uh, they've already compromised. They're putting in homosexuals in the church, lesbian pastors. 
Uh, we've got people in the pulpit who are in adultery, in the throes of fornication, uh, that are denying the power of the Word of God. They mock the Word. Uh, they mock. Uh, they mock the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Bible warned us about it. So in, in closing, uh, hang on to your King James Bible. Hang on to your faith. Do not let anybody steal your crown. The Word of God warns us about that, doesn't it, Brother John? Yes. Don't let anybody yes, take your I, crown. I just read that, so praise the Lord. I kind of got a I time I said all that to here. say this. Thank you for bringing the message today. Carlton Pearson is going to wake up to, to a rude awakening, maybe in days. Uh, and it'll yeah, be he'll be very him. hot. Be very hot. I think he's already been turned over to reprobate mind. There's a point in time where there's no coming back. Brother John, we he's love you. Here. I'm going to see you again on uh, Thursday, November 30th. Happy Thanksgiving okay. to you. God bless you. God, God bless you too. Thank you, sir. I could go on and on, folks. I mean, we've got professors in schools teaching your kids not to read the King James Bible not to have faith in God situational ethics inclusion greasy grace where you can live in sin and God will wink wink at it and he loves you. He loves you so much that he won't even care if you obey him or not. You're already forgiven for the sin that you want to commit tonight. That is bull crap. We're not pre-forgiven for anything. Grace is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. And it should not be an excuse to continue in sin. comes a time where we can offend the Holy Spirit, get turned over to, to a reprobate mind. And I'm ashamed. As much as the other per, the next person that what we're seeing portrayed as Christianity today in the church. It's compromise. From the way the leadership are dressing, they have no respect for the house of God. They have no fear of the Lord. They might fear a judge more than they fear God, the way they dress. If you're going to see a judge who has the power of life and death in his hands, would you go in there in skinny pants and holes in your jeans? We've got people doing that in the pulpit, supposed to be the men of God. We've got ladies in there in leather pants, low-cut blouses, high heels, supposed to be a pastor. I don't think so. It's a floozy, if you ask me. I haven't used that word in a long time. Looked at, you may have to look that one up. Floozy. Pimp daddies. And we got people that are outright gay in the pulpit. Their wives are doing yoga in church. Yet yeah, T.D. Jake's wife does yoga. We got churches that brought in Christ alignment cards 
quote-unquote Christian tarot cards. Yeah, right. There's no Christian tarot card. We can go down the whole litany. I'll say again, if you reject deliverance, if you reject the King James Bible as God's word in English, and you mock it, you begin to despise it, it's a slippery slope right into falling away land. Compromise of the truth. People rejecting the truth. Disobedience to the word of God. God has a standard. It's called holiness. Many don't know the word of God nor the power thereof. Folks, we've got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Every one of us. Straight is the gate, near is the way, and few be that enter therein. Do not let anybody steal your crown. I'm running into this more and more. There's some people that have just fallen off the wagon. I know some out there believe we're already in the book, we're already in the new millennial reign of Christ. That Revelation just uh, an allegory, or that Christ has already returned and Mark the Beast was during Nero's time. They they are ignorant to the fact that <clears throat> there can be prophetic words with multiple fulfillments attached. You know, when the issue of the Antichrist came up, Paul said we, there's Antichrist in the world now. Just not the Antichrist that the Bible talks about uh, was going to be in the time of the end. I know people that are preaching that there's no hell. I've known some ultimate reconciliation somewhere or another. God's going to get everybody to heaven. Again, many don't do deliverance. Many reading another gospel. What have I missed? And we got the group that says we're going to get out of here before all trouble starts. Well, I guess they didn't read Matthew 24. Over there around verse 29 32, where Jesus says when he's coming back, immediately after the tribulation of those days. And I'm like this if you're putting all your hopes so you get out of here before tribulation trouble comes, what are you going to do if you're wrong? Well, you have a high probability that you will get offended. Jesus talks about those that got offended. What they were they offended of? The parable of the sower. With joy they received the gospel, but when persecution and suffering comes for the cause of Christ, they get offended and they fall away. Folks, we are likely not going to get out of here in life. I accept that as a real reality. If we're here really in these last days and we hang around don't die of other causes we will probably have an opportunity to go out one of the ways the disciples did even as a martyr for Christ there will be some alive remaining to see Jesus return at the last trump there's no denying that he that's meant for captivity into captivity he shall go it says 
He that lives by the sword must also die by the sword. It talks about many ways you can leave. If the Lord tears long enough, we're going to die of natural causes, minimum, or old age. I'm like this. I'm not worried about how I'm going to die. I'm worried that I may run out of time for I finish what God would have me to do. Really, we need to be worried about that. We're not even getting started. Some people need to get started. That's what worries me. I want to be ready. You want to be ready for what's coming. Ready physically, ready spiritually, ready financially. We're going to have attacks on all fronts. It's time to get in shape. It's time to get debt free. It's time to get spiritually fit. Get in the word like never before. Build up your faith. Make the decision, come hell or high water, if I have to lay my neck down for Christ, so be it. I will not deny Christ. Because war is coming. War on the saints is coming. We've got many who have already checked out. Many here are not even worried about it. They think they're going to get out of here. First flight out in the rapture. I know a little bit of all these people. And uh, it began to trouble me. Trouble me a year ago. Even bringing people on this program that wouldn't read the King James Bible. I said, I don't want them on the program anymore. I had to call a few and I said, I want to make a request of you. I need you to read the King James Bible. The others are compromised out there. Probably is they haven't looked into it. They saw what I saw. Uh, it would be an eye-opener. And that video I'm talking about, there's several you can watch that show you how one version after the next has been being released. It's compromised. And again, um, probably 90% of the situations that I'm seeing People don't do deliverance in these churches. Try to find deliverance in the Lutheran church today. Methodist church. Episcopalian church. They don't do it. Same churches you'll find homosexuals and lesbians in the pulpit. Church you got a group in. They stopped doing deliverance. No wonder we had some problems. Baptists didn't do deliverance. Assemblies of God... They said in their official writings in the 70s, a Christian can't have a demon, basically. So they're not looking for demons and Christians. Well, so much for getting help if you're a member of the Assemblies of God then. But they weren't always like that. About the only ministry that you can tack, uh, tie down to a denomination is the Catholics. About the only ones that believe in casting out demons. But look at all the other stuff that they're hooked up into. denominations have failed us. We need to get back to the Word of God. Get back on solid footing. Get a King James. Begin to read it. Ask God as you read it for understanding. Study it. 
might have to look up some words that you're not familiar with. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've read the whole Bible. And I've read the New Testament several times. But I'm ashamed. I haven't read it enough. That's why this year, 2024, I want to get into it like never before. Do a deep dive. And I pray, I said, God, give me a hunger and a thirst for it. Because the flesh of the man doesn't want to do that. Come on. But we've got to crucify the flesh. We've got to cast out the demons. We need deliverance, all of us. Many need to break generational curses. I'm hoping to do a booklet on that over this break in December. But I was real troubled at the level of compromise I see. And uh, I'm ashamed at what many call church out there. Again, they lost the fear of the Lord. There's no holiness under the Lord. We've got blind shepherds trying to lead people. The blind lead the blind. They both fall in a ditch, the Word of God says. If you want to be a pastor, you want to be an elder, there are certain requirements. You've got to live a life that's above reproach. You can't be one given to drink. You shouldn't be one that has a son out there. There's one major ministry. Came out of the Baptist church. Then I think he went independent. Is making rap videos. Talking about oral sex and getting drunk and the bling. There was there was no there was some repercussions for that being released, but the father didn't repent, nor did they pull that video down. And you just go across the, the spectrum. Sexual affairs, allegations, divorces. This should not be in the leadership that's leading people out there today. Dear sister, contact me. Said I'm in Australia. Can you recommend a church that uses the King James Bible and does deliverance? Well, just to find one that does the King James Bible, that's going to be hard. But get one that does deliverance too. I said I got to check my friend Peter Johnson. I can't think of anyone right off the hand since uh, you know Peter and Verley Hobson had their full salvation fellowship. Peter said the only one I know of is Full Salvation Fellowship and they've closed. Brother Peter, he died and I'm waiting to get an update on Sister Verley. Haven't heard from them in about a year. I don't know anybody. Doesn't mean that there isn't any out there. We hope that there is. But truly there's a famine for the word of God. And truly straight is the gate near is the way. Few be that enter therein. Don't look to a man to save you. We need to look to Jesus and hang on to him and hang on to his precious word and keep the faith. As granny used to say, son, keep the faith and the faith will keep you. I'm beginning to understand that more than ever before now. Hang on to it. Hang on to Jesus. Put the blinders on and just go straight in the narrow way. He that endureth until the end the same shall be saved. We are literally seeing the great falling away. These are examples tonight. And many more could be mentioned. And maybe you fall away. 
Maybe you backslidden. I've backslidden before. Wasn't in a good place. If I died, I would have went into hell. All the more so because I know the truth, and yet I wasn't living holy before the Lord. I can only say, thank God for his mercy. And I repented. Recognized I could not continue to live in sin. I had to make a turn 20 years ago. And uh, before that, I was blinded for a period of time. And I look back now at how I was living, living in sin, and it's repulsive to me. And when I see other people living in fornication or adultery, it's repulsive to me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And we see people caught up in whatever vice they are, or caught up in. It's like, you want to shake them. Listen, that road leads to destruction. I was on it. There's many tales of caution out there. I can think of some now, but I'm out of time. The point I'm making here is uh, if you are that person tonight and you say, you know, yeah, I fall away. I'm, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not doing it, then repent. There's still time to turn. If you feel any pricking in your conscience, the very fact that you're here means you're not a reprobate. The Holy Spirit is still trying to get you and I to make a turn. If we confess our sin, Jesus says, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, the truth is not in us. Word of God says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one righteous, no, not one. If Carlton Pearson were to come to his senses right now and cry out to the Lord Jesus, although he may have a sickness unto death, God could still forgive him and save him. There are some people that have come back. And there's some people in the mercy of God, they do repent, but God knows their future and he gets them as close as he can get them and takes them in his mercy because if they had lived, they would have likely backslid. My father was one of those. I truly believe it. Went home at 57. Not much older than I am now, about three, only by about three years. Went home in 2007. He had a calling on his life. He preached a revival at age 16 at a black church during a time when there was racial segregation still going on, you know. Well, that was after 64, so not segregation, but discrimination. That's what I meant to say. And uh, for a time, he was an associate pastor for my granddad Weber. He married my mom. Her father was pastor, his own dad. My granddad Davis got called to the ministry. His father was a uh, minister who had fallen from grace, my great-grandfather. And uh, dad um, went after money. He probably had a million dollars in the bank when he died, no doubt about that. Had a Ferrari, a Bentley in his garage. Lived in a mansion down in Queens Harbor in Jacksonville, Florida. He was making money. Largest religious media agency in the world at the time. Affiliated media group was what it was called. And uh, he got cancer. 
that I remember a year before he died. I had a dream. And I'm going to write about this in the book. But God spoke to me in a dream. You and your brother Damon have a generational curse need a break. By that time, it was already operating on my dad to kill him. He had a year left. Didn't know it. I, I didn't know he was that serious. Ill, but I knew he was going through chemo, radiation. He died a year later. And uh, it was sad. God got him as close as he was going to be. Yeah, I believe his heart was right. But had he lived, he would have probably continued to make money as God. And uh, loved my dad. We had an estranged relationship at times in my life and there are other two good memories that I have. And the sad part is he died before his time. And I think it was the mercy of God who, who took him. I even had Dr. Hansen pray for him. And I was believing God for a miracle for dad. God could have done it. But dad hadn't had a heart change. The conviction that he needed to sell out 100% for Jesus. Business or no business. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And my dad was quoted saying, I have no joy. He had no joy, although he had money because he was not doing what God had called him to do. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. There may be someone out there tonight who's not doing what God has called him to do. It's time to get to work. For the Lord, we don't know how much time we got. We could go at any time. But in the mercy of God, I believe the Lord got my father as close as he was going to get. Took him. I don't think he would have made it. If he hadn't lived, he would just continue to make money, and that would have been his. That was his God many times. Very sad. He had a generational curse, too, that um, had started that death cycle, brought in the death spirit, and uh, he never broke it. So, it's a warning to us all. The devil wants you dead and in hell. And Christ gave all for you and I. And he wants us with him for eternity. But the choice is going to be ours. Who are we going to serve? Are we willing to sell out? And that's the bottom line. Granny used to say, son, we must sell out. It means go all in. No compromise. Whatever percentage of compromise you are in, at least that percentage is susceptible to taking you down. And it's likely to grow. Jesus said, be hot or cold. I would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's referring to people who are not sold out. It's time to go all in. Get in the Word. Pray. Ask God to search your heart, show us sin that we need to repent of, people we need to forgive, or ask to forgive us if we've offended them. And we need to get our house in order and our priorities in order. Are we going to serve the Lord? If we are, serve Him. If you're going to serve Bell, then serve Him. You can't have a foot in the world and a foot with Jesus. All or nothing. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all. All or nothing.
hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, we'll get spit out of his mouth. God forbid. Father God, thank you for the sobering message today to us all. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us where we've compromised. We've been lukewarm. We've operated in doubt and unbelief. We've let a spirit of offense get in and fester and kindle a fire. Forgive us where we've been angry at you and blamed you for things that we brought on ourselves or that were not your fault at all. came from the enemy. Help us all, God, O oh God, to endure till the end. Let us not be deceived. We bind a strong man in every demonic force working in each of us and command those spirits to loose and go to where Jesus wants them to go. God, help us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, love and appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to be back with Pastor Lou Young tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern. He'll be bringing the word. Second hour, we're going to open up the phone lines for prayer. And uh, then we got one more day this week. Uh, next week is Thanksgiving week. I will be on Monday and Tuesday. We will not be doing a show Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Then we're going to return for one more week, finish up uh, November. January 1, then we'll return. We're coming back with a new schedule. Two programs in the morning and two in the evening. We're going to be on 9 to 11 Eastern, 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be on in the evening from 7 to 10. 7 to 10 Eastern, Monday through Friday. We're going to have a demon hotline or at least the opportunity to do one if I can get help every night. Uh, three guests today speak my word as well. I think it really will be the best schedule we've ever done in a long time. Uh, short of doing a you know a ten show marathon now, if we need to do that, we could always do it. But uh, we got plenty of content, and uh, people be doing good just to handle what we're doing live every day. Um, if you want to contact me, OmegaManRadio.com. If you want to support this ministry, we appreciate it. You can help any way you want um, over there at the website, OmegaManRadio.com. Love you all. Thank you again for those that have tuned in today. Thank you to those that have supported the program. God richly bless you. I'm not quitting. Um, I can't. I can't walk away. But um, I am going to be praying down some fresh ideas. And I believe in God he's going to bless a couple efforts. I've got to put together a tent company get some bills paid and try to finance uh, some end time ministry some things we like to do is going to take a war chest to do it and so uh, thank you for partnering with me and um, keep us in prayer uh, God bless you all love you and we'll see you again tonight OmegaManRadio.com